Hi everyone, uh, welcome to ELI, the place where you get your daily dose of inspiration for entrepreneurship. And today we have with us Mr. Kiran Kuchimanchi, who is the founder of Round SQL, uh, which helps uh, businesses define problems and solve them using emerging technologies. Hi Kiran, welcome to ELI. Hi, hi Priya, nice meeting you. And then uh, I'd like to first thank uh, Entrepreneur Launch of India for, for creating a platform where entrepreneurs can share their stories and inspire many others to join the path of entrepreneurship. It's a pleasure to be part of the series. Uh, to start with, I would uh, request you to introduce yourself to our audience. Yeah, um, like you said, Kiran, um, I'm the CEO, founder CEO of Round Square. Um, set up this company about three years ago. Prior to that, I worked in the software services industry for about uh, 20 plus years. Um, I had spent time um, um, mostly in India, but I'd uh, done some amount of work uh, in the US and in uh, some of the other parts of uh, Asia Pacific as well. Um, you know, led country operations, started myself, started my career as a software developer, but then quickly grew into roles um, on the managerial side. Um, continue to stay in touch with technology as much as I can, although I'd like to um, code and do stuff like that. No, I rarely get that opportunity anymore. Um, but we're having fun building Round Square right now. It's a hundred people uh, company, uh, you know, doing well. Tell us a bit about uh, the naming behind Round Square. What it is? Uh, what does it mean? And uh, how how did this name came to your mind? That's a very interesting story. So we were uh, three years ago when we were looking at setting up the company, uh, we said we'll not be like every other services company out in the market. And we were looking for a name that would reflect that message as well. Um, so we were just contemplating different kinds of names. And then we uh, quickly uh, you know, sort of uh, landed on uh, this advertisement that Apple did back in 1992 or 93, I think. Um, and this is about, uh, you know, they, they featured uh, in the ad uh, people like Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King, etc. And the message was that, um, you know, some of these guys are geniuses and they think different. Um, although we won't say that we are geniuses yet when compared to a lot of other people, we just wanted to convey the message that we think differently. Um, and uh, the, uh, the the overall message of the particular of that particular ad was that uh, we are round pegs in square holes, so they don't go together. So. Um, we wanted to be unlike other people, as in, uh, you know, think differently, take a lot more risks, uh, be bold enough to do something creative, change the world. You know, that's that's the kind of messages that we wanted to uh, th that we wanted to hold on to, and that's how the name came about. So it was inspired by the Apple advertisement back in 1992, 93 uh, back then. Okay, so. Tell us about it. Uh, what is Round Square right now uh, in terms of uh, how many uh, uh, clients we serve, in what areas, what technologies, and what are the uh, what are some of the interesting results that we have achieved for them? So, like I said, uh, started three years ago, um, and mainly a software services company. We, we do have aspirations of developing um, some amount of intellectual property as well as part of the company as we go mm -hmm. along. Um, again, we had identified a few areas where we uh, believe that there is potential to develop intellectual property. Um, and I'll talk about that in a bit more detail a little later. Uh, but on the services side, we today have 15 plus, close to about 20 customers across the world. Uh, we, have, we are headquartered out of Hyderabad. Uh, we are incorporated in the U.S. We are incorporated in, uh, in Australia. 
Uh, we have business from the UK. It's just that uh, because of COVID, we sort of did not go forward with uh, our own entity locally in the UK, European region, which we'll uh, anyway do uh, in some time to come. Um, doing some interesting work across these customers, primarily in the fintech, manufacturing, um, ISV, um, and healthcare space. Um, some of the technologies that we use uh, when solving problems for our customers are in the artificial intelligence, machine learning, blockchain, data engineering, a lot of work that we do in the data engineering side. Now, obviously some work in the mobile app development and full stack development work, et cetera. But uh, you know, we, are, we are looking at uh, problems that typically others can't or don't solve. And we pride ourselves to be able to find solutions to this. Um, and that was one of the things that we wanted to embark on. You know? I initially when we started the company. So at, at a broad level, three uh, uh, categories of services, uh, Priya. Uh, the first one is what we call as consulting. Um, and typically this is a service where the customers and we don't know if the current set of technologies can solve the uh, problem or the opportunity area that we are embarking on. Um, and uh, we typically end up doing a proof of concept or something like that to see even if a solution is possible to some of these kinds of solutions. Um, and then sometimes, you know, we find a solution that goes through into a proper, uh, that goes as a proper project, but sometimes, uh, and other times, uh, you know, we don't know, uh, we can't solve the problem, in which case we drop it there, along with the understanding that we have with the customer. Um, an example of that would be some interesting work we're doing for, a, for one of the largest manufacturers of uh, HVACs. This is heating and heating, ventilation, and cooling, which is the equipment that goes into the air conditioning equipment. They had a unique problem in, uh, uh, in, in, in trying to identify each of these HVACs that come out of the manufacturing. And they all look the same to the naked eye. Uh, but uh, they wanted us to, uh, to be able to use some sort of technology to uniquely identify. Um, long story short, and I don't want to go into details of the solution, but we were able to use computer vision, which is a branch of, uh, you know, of work in the artificial intelligence mm. space, to be able to uniquely identify each and every HVAC that comes out of the uh, manufacturing line. Um, that solution is now being implemented across one manufacturing plant, and we are going to be rolling that across uh, the other lines and plants uh, of the customer soon. So that's the consulting piece of work. You know, uh, the second area of work is typically what we call as uh, digital engineering services. Um, this is the kind of work that we do where the uh, customer is clear about what they need from us, but mm -hmm. they ask us for help for our, for everything from there on. Um, as in, you know, what cloud to host the solution on, you know, what technologies to use, how do you do a credit card integration, um, you know, um, how do you go about, uh, you know, um, setting up the CICD patterns, whatever that uh, is required in terms of just being able to deliver that solution eventually to the uh, to their end customers um, is what we take uh, as the piece of work that we would need and then deliver that piece of work. Um, the third one is what we call a strategic staff augmentation, and this is uh, you know, an area where uh, our customers come to us and say you would need, you know, uh, two Python developers, you know, uh, three people who have understanding of natural language processing, mm -hmm. um, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Uh, would be very curious to know how it all started. When did you start the venture and how were the initial days of uh, uh, starting out? We, we started three years ago. Um, uh, prior to that, um, I all of us or uh, all of the, uh, uh, there are about six other founders, uh, co-founders in the company. Um, all of us were first-gen uh, first entrepreneurs in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, all of us working uh, either, uh, and we were all connected. You know, we were friends first. Um, and uh, we were uh, thinking about doing 
something exciting. This this the space uh, called artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, and and uh, uh, you know these kinds of things were quickly uh, gaining a lot of traction, and we were seeing companies embracing them in, big, in a big manner. Mm. Uh, and we wanted to, uh, and we some of us were fairly proficient in that space, and we said you know we got to be doing something uh, in the space. Um, and we got together one fine day. We said, you know, let's set up a company called Rada. Let us set up a company and go about uh, uh, delivering this work. So it's three years ago, started this company that way. Um, initial days, uh, you know, we didn't even know what to do, how to go about, uh, uh, you know, how to go about actually setting up a company and how to go about meeting the first customer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were just uh, twiddling thumbs, uh, sitting at one place and doing all that. But eventually, we started reaching out to uh, friends that we knew across the world, uh, friends that we knew in the country. Um, a lot of help came from uh, quarters that we didn't even think that uh, would help us. Um, so that's a message that I would like to give to everyone, which is, you know, you you you, you can't uh, imagine your way through when you sort of uh, embark on an entrepreneurial journey. You can't plan everything. There are so many things that you just um, uh, don't even understand, don't even know. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in, for us, we were very fortunate in the way we received help from a lot of people, um, from a lot of uh, clients that are today working with us. Um, similarly, you know, we were not even sure how we would recruit the first set of people, you know. Obviously, these are technologies which are high in demand. The work that we were going to do in um, ML and you know uh, data engineering and those kinds of areas, they were uh, people were, were fairly in demand uh, uh, in, the, in those areas. Um, so we again reached out to friends that we knew and people that we knew in the industry, um, and we were able to quickly build a team around them. Um, um, so yeah, I think it was exciting for a start. You know, then uh, very exciting for a start during the initial days. Uh, then it slowly began to, uh, uh, you know, dawn on us that it was not going to be that very easy. Um, mm-hmm. That's when the real struggle started for a few months. Um, then once we started reaching out to people and uh, talking to people, when we found the first few customers, uh, things became progressively easier and easier. Speaking of struggles, can you tell us about some of the biggest challenges that you have faced uh, while uh, building and growing this venture? Yeah, I think uh, the biggest in the services world, the biggest challenge was about finding the right people um, and the right uh, and finding the the first few customers. Given that you did not have we didn't have any credibility prior to that as a company, you know, mm-hmm. we all had individual credibility, but as a company, we probably did not have any credibility because we we're just starting out. So to build that credibility required us it required someone to trust in that capability. Uh, and then come forward and give us work. Um, I think that was the biggest struggle that we faced. Now, obviously, there were operational challenges like setting up an entity and incorporating in various countries and stuff like that. But those were not the biggest challenges in my way. In my view, um, you you could still you know come over those fairly easily. Hmm. Uh, but the biggest challenge was about you know identifying the right kind of people that we wanted to be part of the company, um, getting them or convincing them that we are a credible company to join. Them. We were probably five or six people. Um, and then similarly, finding the first few customers who trusted in us and gave us the work uh, that they could uh, rely on us. So that I think was the biggest challenge. Uh, yeah. Okay. Speaking of people, uh, I think uh, for a service company, it's a uh, the biggest asset uh, the service companies uh, have is the people, and uh, it's very critical to you know, hire the right people and set the right culture in the company. So can you tell us uh, on how do you go about hiring uh, for one? 
and how do you make sure that the uh, people after they join they adhere to culture and they they also bring in a new culture uh, to the company yeah so so we have always believed that um, if you find the right kind of person um, that that will fit our company we will go ahead and bring them on board um, even if you don't have immediate work for them we were very confident that we would be able to find work eventually um, so this business is all about people business so um, so that was the motto with which we sort of worked on bringing people on board so um, right at the inception we had you know we had we had a prob we had probably about 25 30 people uh, and with work for only probably half of that but we just believed that you know we'll be able to find work because we had the right kind of people and that's 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 got that got reiterated uh, over the years now that if you have the right people you get uh, you know you, you can find work uh, so yeah and we are very big on hiring people with the right kind of attitude um, you know um, we can build the attitude we can help them uh, scale scale their aptitude side of the house uh, but attitude is absolutely something that is very important that is very important customer to us is like a god, like god um you know not that uh, you know uh, we want to uh, have our people work uh, work 24 by 7 and stuff like that but at least if the intent is there to always look up, look for the benefit of the customer then we probably have the right mindset or the right intent in our minds to um, solve the problems that the customer is asking us to solve so yeah i think right intent um, you know uh, people with right intent uh, people with humility uh, people with uh, uh, you know uh, people with uh, uh, people who are uh, you know hard working and discipline putting people who can put in the disciplined effort throughout uh, these are the kinds of qualities that we're looking for uh, when looking for people and if you find them we just hire them and we're extremely confident of getting work for those kinds of guys okay um one thing i am always curious about is the scalability scalability aspect in service businesses uh, when you build a product company the core agenda there is to so that uh, someday it will scale up someday it will acquire million users so that every small thing will will get uh, exponential returns but that doesn't happen in a service business so would like to understand how but service businesses are still equally lucrative equally profitable and equally uh, uh, good business models so uh, there has to be a scalability aspect to the service business as well can you tell us if there is any scalability in uh, service businesses yeah you're right in in the sense that uh, when you look at a product company you're probably building something based on um, the domain knowledge that you have, you, you're identifying a certain gap in the industry and building a solution to it. Um, you're burning a lot of cash initially, probably before you find the first customer and um, you know until you probably become profitable. So there is still uh, a, a duration when you're probably not making any money, you're investing uh, with the hope that you'll be able to make money at a later point in time when it comes to building a product or stuff, stuff like, or, or something that is, um, that is a platform that you can market out into the market. In the case of services, it's fairly straightforward. In my opinion, if you get, like I said, if you get the right people, you get the right customer who needs um, people that can help them with their technology needs, um, then I think it is profitable right from the inception itself. 
Um, so yes, you would still need a certain scale to be able to, uh, you know, um, to be able to make sense as a profitable business. And that's the um, job that we have as people managing the business. It's about identifying opportunities that you would want to invest in, um, identifying the kinds of uh, uh, technologies and the kinds of work that you want to do moving forward, um, so that you stay relevant to what is required in the market. You know, there are, um, you know, in the world today where digital transformation is uh, is something that everyone is embarking on um, there is tremendous amount of requirement for qualified people and you know qualified people that can help solve problems and we are uh, we are a company that are not when we go to a customer we we don't bore them with 3 years of a digital transformation initiative or we don't tell them that it will cost them a billion dollars or a million dollars and we tell them that digital transformation can be accomplished by taking bite sized projects small initiatives progressively over the course of uh, their journey to be able to then eventually um, get closer and closer to that uh, eventual target that they would have as a transform as a digitally transformed company so i'm i'm probably using a lot of words to answer your question but net net in my opinion um, product companies start with hope they invest heavily right up front yes some make it some don't make it those that make it there is exponential um, upside to it in the case of services business um you you don't burn too much um you're always or reason, always being reasonably profitable um and there is no question about you not being able to uh, you know uh, survive or sustain as long as you're running a a, a, a disciplined business or a, or a business that make that is doing all the right things uh, so i think uh, both are uh, completely different and uh, we fit in that services business given the background that we have yes we do have aspirations in line with what we do as a company in the digital transformation space we do have some aspirations on building some ip that we would like to uh, take take uh, we would like to uh, you know take it to market any pivots that you have done to your business model so far um nothing specifically again like i said we would have liked to um, uh, start off on the ip journey a little earlier we do have Uh, some uh, work that we've done in the IT space. We've built a product called Zastra, platform called Zastra. That is again, um, it is a uh, it it um, it helps in um, help. First, it helps our people deliver work to our customers faster when it comes to work in the ML space, machine learning space. Mm-hmm. And we believe that is a requirement that most companies in the uh in the uh, machine learning world in the artificial intelligence machine learning world have a requirement for and we think that we can take it to market at some point in time and we are aggressively working on creating uh, you know uh, you know all the uh, the core product uh, that is required um, is already there now now it's about the other aspects like uh, the messaging the marketing you know the people that can take it to uh, potential customers that need it you know those are the kinds of investment that investments that we have to make and we're starting to think about making those investments as well um so yeah i think uh, uh, except for the fact that we probably would have liked to uh, invest a lot more on the ip side there is no other pivot as such that we have taken uh, per se okay uh in the founders and investors community we a uh, lot lot of time we talk about leverage and there are three kinds of leverage uh, money technology and people and uh, service business is more about leveraging the people uh and it's a people heavy business uh what happens uh, uh in people heavy businesses is you as a founder you have to be very much invested and 
you have to put in put in a lot of time on on people uh, interacting with people you know uh, uh, um, driving them making them keeping them motivated and in that process you sometimes you know feel tired restless and you lose out of your energy and when that happens you also your business also suffers so can you tell us how do you manage such situations and how have you managed to stay consistent over such a long uh, journey um yeah it's it's a very interesting question you know um i think like you said we are the people business and you'll have to have to underline the fact that we are a business um, we are very keen about the development of our people as well there is a, there is an intent that um, that it is not just about you know servicing our customers only but it is also about meeting the aspirations of each and every person that comes on board our, our company um, so when you keep that in mind and when you when you when you are tired or a bit down or whatever that is as a as a anyone as another individual who is responsible for making a decision or uh, you know uh, or doing something in the company um, if you think if you can think that uh, we are impacting many other lives in the company by just being able to go through that process even though you're tired and even though you're rest uh, you're, you're whatever uh, then um, you get that extra bonus bond of energy in my opinion i've always relied on the fact on that part you know uh, when i think i'm done for the day or tired when that last thing comes up um, you know if you still need to do that i think that you know what i do now is going to impact many more other people um, um uh, you know in 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 some way or the other so it's important to think of that it's important to keep that in mind when you're actually uh, you know uh, down or you know feeling tired or something like that so it's it's about it's about uh, again i'm using a lot of words it's about just uh, thinking about the social side of it it's about thinking about the people that you work with and it is not just about making money or stuff like that it's about just that social aspect that drives you from having no energy to being able to uh, go out of the way to sort of solve that problem or uh, take care of that uh, responsibility that you have on you uh sometimes as uh, entrepreneurs uh you might be wondering if there is a autopilot mode that you can you can deploy and leave your business on autopilot mode like we have on aircraft so can <laughs> can you tell us if that is even possible uh, uh if yes how how to achieve that i don't think there is anything called as an autopilot mode you know if if someone becomes so comfortable that they leave their that they leave their business on autopilot mode that means they probably it is time probably for them to sort of exit the business um, because there is always um, scope for improvement there is always something to do there is always a new charter to uh, you know go about go on um so um i don't think there is ever a situation where any business for that matter can be on an autopilot mode yes you can um extricate yourself uh, as a person that is senior to uh, not get into too many things on a day to day basis and that's about that's the other thing you know it's about grooming talent you know it's about giving them opportunities to uh, do more and more things and you focus on something bigger and bigger you know as 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 take up a new challenge you know as someone senior in the company so i don't think uh, you know there is dearth of opportunity or uh, you know uh, there is so much opportunity there is lots of uh, problems to solve um, so i don't think ever the autopilot thing works at all what would happen uh, if you wake up tomorrow to find out that uh, your venture 
has gone bankrupt or it has failed it's not operational anymore wow um, never thought about it <laughs> um, but yeah so it's okay i think you know um, you do everything that you have to do um, you know you're always on the money try and do uh, the best that you can do uh, you know if it if if there are reasons out of your control because of which uh, the business doesn't work out so be it you know uh, see we we've seen the first year after our business covid happened hmm. um, you know most of our business relies on the fact that we can travel we can meet our customers um, we have sales people across the world you know they could not travel um, even our existing customers at that point in time um, you know had to uh, scale down because of uh, covid for various reasons um, you know there were doubts about the company you know some doubts about many companies and there were doubts as a startup for us too uh, but we believe that we had the ability to succeed despite whatever challenges that come through um and there will always and we, we did all the right things that we had to do in order to make sure that we stay relevant um could see that we are we are in a very good shape right now uh, but despite that uh, you know if, if you do everything right and if you still uh, can't make it that's okay you know you would have learned a lot of things through the way uh, and that will hold you good for your next uh, venture as you sort of think through um in service businesses you since again it's a people heavy business every time if it is a client or if it is a employee you'll have to meet people uh, and that is a big part of the job uh, as an entrepreneur even as an employee of a service company so can you tell us how do you manage your time or how does your calendar look like for a typical day <laughs> and uh, what also uh, would also like to know what do you do outside your outside your calendar hours uh, as in uh, how when do you wake up when do you go to, go to bed how do you manage your overall time yeah uh, so um so yeah i think uh, yes um our calendar is or my calendar is primarily driven by uh, what our clients and what um, the requirements of the company the demands of the company um, so it's primarily that you know uh, but just to go back a little you know i uh, uh, fairly early riser generally speaking you know um, and then i have my usual time where i um, have a cup of coffee and then you know i work out and that's very important for me mm-hmm. I, that's one hour where i sort of um, you know don't take any calls or unless it's absolutely required you know um, i'm 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 there for myself you know and then it's more like meditation to me that one hour i'm reflecting on a lot of things while i'm sort of uh, you know um, trying to do whatever i do uh, as part of my workout and then i'm i'm on calls and i'm um, off to the uh, my workplace so i work through the day um, there is no specific uh, and we are having fun too again for me this sounds like as if uh, there are two sides of uh, uh, my of me one is the personal side and one is the business side in realis- in reality it is not like that you know as long as you're enjoying both there is no distinction really between uh, the work and uh, the other stuff that you're doing and mm-hmm. you are working and you're also um, having fun at the same time uh, that's what i've always believed is the way to to, to sort of have a long uh, um, uh, life and long work life as well um, mm-hmm. so 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 work and uh, you know personal stuff is intertwined um there are many times that we would you know sit down at the office and talk about a new movie or uh, talk about some new technology or you know talk about you know uh, cricket games or any other game that comes uh, that, are, that 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 is happening at that point in time so yeah you know for us it's about having fun you know and 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 just working when it is required uh, but yeah i think uh, going back to the point you know uh, 
stay up till about 10 10 30 in the evening i don't know if it's relevant to this conversation but um, and then i uh, i do um, spend some time meditating and then go back to sleep yeah okay what is the meaning of entrepreneurship for you how do you define the term entrepreneur wow um entrepreneurship to me is about freedom and doing what you believe in uh, what you think you want to do um um in another way i think uh, entrepreneurship is about um bringing up your kid you know um, um initial days you spend a lot of time with them um, groom them impart all the values that you should impart typically um, um and then once they go off and once they become productive in their own lives and achieve the stuff that they want to achieve uh, you sit back and feel very proud about it so i think uh, if there is one uh, one feeling that i would like to um, uh, compare entrepreneurship with it is that you know when you when you sort of look at that and uh, when you sort of create something uh, like an entity like a company and then you do everything that you have to do in order to make that success successful and then when it is doing what you what you thought it would do eventually uh, you know you feel really proud about it and that's that's the same feeling as uh, uh, the entrepreneurship feeling that i uh, could say so i i couldn't define uh, what else i could say but uh, i couldn't say what else i could say but that's the feeling that i that comes closest to my mind when you say what does entrepreneurship mean to me i think that is a good definition of what entrepreneurship is uh, coming to my final question tell us what are the different lessons that you have learned as an entrepreneur uh, which we can take away and apply to our ventures and possibly our lives as well um i think first um you don't need to do it you don't need to know everything um in fact you know there are lots of things that uh, we don't know um it's okay uh, we don't need to be worried about it it can be learned in my opinion anything can everything can be learned or you know one of the greatest sages uh, modern sages of india said that all knowledge is within you um, you just realize it um, mm -hmm. i'm a strong believer of it um, you do realize knowledge is not something that comes into my, you know comes from the outside and suddenly enters your brain you just realize it at some point in time so i think um, the fear of not knowing something should not be a reason for entrepreneurs to not do something or potential entrepreneurs to not do something that's number one um, number two i think uh, uh, be humble um, i think uh, humility is something that i have uh, i believe is the most important quality um, as an uh, as an individual and more so as an entrepreneur um there will there will always be ups and downs there will always be you know days when you are extremely thrilled there will always be days when you are extremely sad but just be humble in my opinion um, um balanced and being humble i think is probably much more reflective of what i think is required as an entrepreneur um it has helped me um, study uh, always um, and i believe that is a fundamental quality and i think the third would be that you would have i'm sure there are lots of people that help Uh, you know when you become an entrepreneur you don't think that you'll be surprised about the amount of help that you would get from the outside world um um i have been pleasantly surprised on all of us you know as part of the company as around square i've been surprised by the amount of help that we received from uh, the different quarters across uh, the ecosystem and um, we are we are uh, we are delighted about it and we are pleasantly surprised about it so i think uh, that's another thing that i that i believe uh, is is uh, something that i've learned well i think it was a 
pleasant uh, conversation for me. Uh, thanks for your time, uh, Kiran, and our best wishes for Round Square. Thank you so much. It was wonderful talking to you.